0: We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. This is Cheryl Broderson in studio with my friend and fellow podcaster, Robin Jones. Gunn, And we are here with part three of Kahu Manu. And part one and part two, set the stage so you could get the context and um, we've said before how important it is for understanding to know the cultural context mm-hmm. of the people that you're um speaking to. you know a little understanding goes a long way for communication, for um, good relationship, yes, and even for receptivity to the Word of God. So I'm so ready to jump into this
1: episode. Well, Kahumanu was an extraordinary Hawaiian woman, and with deep love and respect, I so honored to be able to tell her story. When uh, she was ruling the islands and having all this power, everyone knew that she was the 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 ruler. Uh, even though Liholiho was the king at that time, the missionaries had arrived from New England, and. Sybil Bingham taught her to read. That was when she was, after she came out of this sickness. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And that was a big step forward because Kahumanu learned to read so quickly, but that changed her perspective toward the missionaries in that they really did come to to give, not Mm. to take, as all the other whalers, sailors, traders had come Mm -hmm. to take. And so as Kahumano continued to study and learn, she wanted to go to some of the women's meetings. Um, the women on Oahu, which is where the kingdom um, center was at that time, the um, Friday morning here on the Big Island, Lucy Thurston had her Friday morning Bible study. You love that, Cheryl? I do. <laughs> and then the on Oahu, they had their weekly Bible study as well, and they used that time for the women to gather, um, the missionary women gathered with the Hawaiian women to teach them to sew, to um, read, and to write, and to teach the Bible as the Bible was being translated into Hawaiian at that time, and they would read whatever had been made available. At one of those gatherings, Kahumanu attended and she wrote on a slate that they were using for the students, and then she asked it to be read. <laughs> I just love this. This is she what she wrote. takes over the meeting, doesn't she? she? Yes, yeah, <laughs> she does. And um, she wrote, I am making myself strong. I declare in the presence of God, I repent of my sin and declare God to be our father. Wow. And at that moment, there's hundreds of women, and they began shouting the equivalent in Hawaiian. It was, hooray for Jesus. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And Kahumanu said that she was ilahia, which means thrilled. Isn't that a great word? I'm ilahia. And that she was ilahia, thrilled, as though Akua, God, the true God. You know, she was thrilled as though God was present or coming down upon them. And she asked when could she be baptized? Oh my
0: goodness. Wow, glory.
1: So all that influence, all <laughs> right. those years right. of being kind loved on by showing, the missionaries. Right. And then in true Kahumanu style, I'm going to write it on a slate and somebody read it to everybody. <laughs> For me. Read. I know. Yes. And That was definitely her change point on Maui. Soon after that, she attended a service where one of the missionaries, Charles Stewart, was preaching. And his sermon was, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As he's preaching, Kahumanu began weeping loudly. He stopped preaching and he asked why she was crying. She said, This is true. We were all in a thick darkness we wandered here and we wandered there and stumbled on this side and on that side and were hastening to the dreadful precipice down which our fathers have fallen. And that began her influence over the Hawaiian people even more so. You guys, Cheryl's crying and I'm crying. I'm to. dying <laughs> here. I'm dying <laughs> it's just
0: here. It's beautiful. It's so, so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't know you could see it from there. <laughs> <laughs> and that. She here she had her hands full with the Hawaiian monarchy and all that influence from the West. And at that time, the uh anointed or the you know the appointed king, Liholiho, and one of his wives had taken off. They sailed to England to seek an audience with King George, mm. and they were gone for about two years. And during that time, Kahumana was. Kind of mad, she thought that, that he was going to find a landlord to take care of the islands because they're just so inundated. Right. That instead of being like I'm going to stand here and defend my land, mm-hmm. like England's been pretty good to us. Why don't? Which you look at the Hawaiian flag and it has that mm-hmm. monarchy, that ho- that English influence in the the pattern on the flag. So while um, Leo Leo and his wife are in London, they both died of measles. It was terrible. He's 26 mm-hmm. years old. Mm. He never got an audience with King George. Mm. Their bodies are sailed back. It takes, I think it was nine or 10 months mm. to arrive. Mm. And when they when they returned, the mourning was just, throughout the islands was just horrible. King Kamehameha III, at 12 years old, now becomes the king. Mm. And at that time, unfortunately... Kamehameha the third had been so influenced by these Western sailors and traders that he'd already begun uh, drinking no. and so wasn't always oh. ready. Coherent, he was right. he was educated and mm-hmm. he did great things for the kingdom, but there was, again, that Western influence. And those mm-hmm. things are the disease and the... Right. But also, too, we learned in a, another podcast
0: that There were exploiters Mm. who used alcohol purposely against leaders and others to gain influence, to gain lands. And these people we've read about, that's how they took the Indian lands um, in the story of Susan LaFleche. And she knew that alcohol was the culprit, but it was used. I mean, they purposely did this, right?
1: And one of the sources that I did in the research said that even though it's assumed that so many tens of thousands of Hawaiians died because of uh, measles and mumps and all these Western diseases, um, this one source believed that alcohol killed more than anybody else Mm -hmm. of the men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, You know, of any other of the, the terrible, terrible influences. So, at this time of change, and this brings us to 1824. If you're trying to keep your timeline, mm-hmm. but missionary um, Charles Stewart wrote that he had recognized a noticeable difference in Kahuman There was a softened state of feeling, mm. and in her countenance, manners, dress, and whole deportment, mm. and that there in this change. During this time and this softening where she's still holding the weight of the kingdom, her um, second husband, who'd been the, the chief of Hawaii, Hawaii right, um, he passed away after mm. a short illness, kind of unexpectedly. And right after his funeral, he's buried on Maui and she became ill. And the mm-hmm. chiefs thought she'll she's going to go. She's mm-hmm. early 40s. Wow. Uh, No, no, she's 30, late 30s, I think. And and at that time, Kapiolani, who was um, another another one of the women chiefs, amazing woman, Mm -hmm. and she had become, Kapiolani had become a very strong Christian. She went to Kahumanu on Maui and she said, you are the great chief. You are the old chief. You are frequently ill and perhaps you have come here to die. It becomes you to exert your great influence while you live on behalf of good things. Wow. And Kahumanu said, I will do all the good I can before I died. And she lived eight more years. Wow. And oh, the good she did. Just in her growing in her love for Jesus and reading the Bible and wanting to help her people, she established laws and the the laws were inspired by the 10 commandments so her first law was against murder particularly killing of newborn babies wow can wow. you imagine that was such an issue and she was so against it that sanctity of life this is my first law no murder especially particularly the killing of newborn babies you had a baby you don't want it you you don't get to kill it mm. Incredible. And then her other um, early laws that were more added against theft, drunkenness, Mm. fighting. And then when it came to uh, the the Sabbath must be observed. Wow. She wanted everyone to go to school to learn to read and write. And that's why the commoners then began to be able to have that education as well. And that's how the Hawaiian monarchy, the, the Hawaiian islands became The most literate nation in the world. Wow! In the middle of the 1800s. That's a huge help against the exploitation that was taking place. Oh, absolutely! So, her commandment for uh, against adultery, she worded it: "You may not sleep mischievously." (laughs) <laughs> because I pretty much covered all the... Pa- that the does. That's there really was. good. That's really good. So the whalers and the, the sailors and the traders, they didn't like this. No. And they came against the missionaries, assuming no. that they right. were right. putting out these laws. And they actually attacked the mission house in Lahaina. No. And uh, threw rocks and sticks wow. at the Richard, Mr. Richardson, wow. who was... The missionary then injuring him, and it was the Hawaiian people who came out at night and put out the fires they were trying to oh. set uh, on the mission house. And wow. it was the Hawaiians who protected the missionaries. Wow. The Hawaiians had that deep love for mm-hmm. these are our teachers, mm-hmm. our kahus. Mm-hmm. They have come to give to us, Not and they've given. Exploit. They've taken mm-hmm. us out of the darkness and given us the, the gospel. So this was interesting, too. One of Kahumanu's—it um, was said that she would just really love to spend time with the missionary women and have coffee with them oh, and that. talk to them. Mm-hmm. And one of them that she really enjoyed was Betsy Stockton, a fascinating woman. She was the first single missionary woman to be sent to Hawaii, wow. and she was a former slave. I
0: sense a—
1: Another podcast yeah, coming on. <laughs> Cheryl's taking note of Betsy yes. Stockton. Yeah. Wow. She was pretty amazing. A teacher. Oh, we've got to visit her on a future program. Yes. So Kahumana began traveling to the other islands, and she would go into the, the lowest of the low, mm. of the, into their shacks and the common people. And her message was that she wanted them to know the one true God. mm There were two key things that happened during those eight years when she had said, I will do all the good I can before I die. One of them, um, actually both of them happened in Lahaina on the island of Maui. First of all, there was a captain from England who sailed into those waters. He paid 50 gold doubloons to the governess of the girls' school on Maui, and he he paid that money— In order to take a young teen girl who is learning to read and write and so, I mean, trafficking, Mm -hmm. he took her. Her name was Leo Iki. And she sent word to the missionaries in Lahaina three times. Mm. Please don't make me go with him. This is happening. He's coming. You know, tell him, tell him, tell him. And the missionaries were helpless in Mm. fighting against. Right. No weapons. Right. And remember, this is. Mm -hmm. Almost to the time when the total number of whaling ships on the islands in one year is 730 or so. I mean, this great Mm -hmm. opposition. And so Leo Iki sailed with Captain Buckle. He returned her eight months later pregnant and went to the school to get another girl. And the missionaries during this time had been... Just trying to persuade Kahumanu, you're the lawmaker. You have right. to right. do something. And as soon as Captain Buckle came back, she would put a kapu, like the old law, you know, mm-hmm. this is restricted. No one messed with her. She said, you may not take the women to your ship anymore. No wow. one, no ships wow. can take their women. And again, this is when yeah. the stories are told. They're like, those missionaries, they mm-hmm. made it so there was... You know, no. It was Kahumanu, the, mm-hmm. well, under the influence, obviously of mm-hmm. the the Binghams and the Richardsons, and the, just that that desire to protect the people. That's right, and to protect those these young girls, those I young mean, girls, especially pregnant,
0: uh, with no husband, no support. What were they doing? Shamed, right? How dare they do that to these young girls?
1: And there were conflicts. About this, uh, the sailors went on to Honolulu and Kahumanu was there and she put a stop to it mm-hmm. and she stood her ground and the Hawaiians supported her and the Kapu held. Mm. There was some, you know, messy stuff and back and forth, but she wanted what was best for her people. So Kahumanu took those 50 gold doubloons that had been paid for Leoiki and she had a fort built in Lahaina so they would have a place to put those sailors in prison wow if they wow went against it. her law mm-hmm. and if you go to the banyan tree in the center mm-hmm. of Lahaina today the the remains of the coral wall are still there wow by the harbor and right next to the wow. elementary school wow and that's actually one of the things that got me in Tr- just interested in Kahumanu because our, when we lived there and our son was in third grade, he went to school at Kamehameha, the third elementary school right there in Lahaina by the banyan tree. And how many times we walked around here and what's this old right. ruin of this right. building? And I right. started looking into it and on and on it went. And that was Kahumanu's doing. Wow. I'm going to protect mm-hmm. my people. Second thing that happened beautiful. It shows the power of God that was just growing in the islands at that time. It was 1832, and a priestess from the Big Island came to Kahumanu in Lahaina. The priestess had black tangles of hair, a fierce expression, and the hem of her draped clothing was singed by volcanic fire. She carried a spear, and she claimed that Pele, the goddess of the volcano, had entered her and had a message. Oh, my. There were thousands—well— maybe maybe a thousand, hundreds and hundreds of people had followed this priestess from the Big Island as they heard she was coming to mm-hmm. confront Kahumanu. And they were gathered in Lahaina, ready to see what was going to happen in the showdown. The old gods are representing right. Right. what's going to happen with Kahumanu in wow. her new wow. gentle position and her wow. love for the true God. <laughs> and the people were so, it was such a... A frenzy. Yeah, it's like an Elijah on Mount Carmel moment. What's Mm going to happen? What is going to happen? Which god is going to rule? That's right. So Kahumanu asked her, what message do you bring? And she said, the missionary should be sent away or else Pele would overthrow the land and devour all the people. Mm. Because she'd come for the volcano and Mm -hmm. this was what they'd Mm -hmm. always been so afraid of. And Kahumanu asked the priestess, to put down her spear. She refused. Kahumanu stood and she forcefully commanded her to put down her spear. And she did. Wow. She, The power of <laughs> that woman. And then Kahumanu told the woman kindly, you are not Pele. You are a woman made by God as I am a woman made by God. Wow. And then Kau Manu told her the volcano of Kilauea and the other volcanoes around the world were also made by God, the one true God. And then she said, Give up your false gods, return home to plant potatoes, beat the tapa cloth, catch fish, and earn your own keep instead of living on the gifts you demand from the people on behalf of Pele. And that priestess backed down, and she left. The people were astonished. Wow. They knew then mm-hmm. who the true God was Wow! and what to believe. So we're now at 1832. Kahumanu has traveled the island. She has spread the love of Jesus. Just that her demeanor so changed. Her words, her her. Love for the people so clear, still that had not changed at all. But she wanted righteousness, mm-hmm. and it, this is this was during the time when Kamehameha III is growing up, and is king. And when he was about fifteen or sixteen, during this era, this is when the um, motto of of Hawaii was established, with that influence of Kahumanu and and. Kamehameha the third, which is uh Uamao Kea i Kapono, which means the life of the land is perpetuated in righteousness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the mm-hmm. people knew that. If we're going to survive, if this land is going to be preserved, it's from it will be by doing the right thing mm-hmm. through righteousness. So Kahumano became ill again. And she was taken um, on the island of Oahu up to the Manoa Valley, which is green and beautiful and cool. She had a house there and she was laid on a feather bed. Now, imagine she came from a she was born in a cave on Maui during the old times before Western contact. Mm -hmm. And now she's on a feather bed. The. Uh, translation and the printing of the New Testament had just been completed Mm. and the the missionaries came to her with the very first hot off the press copy of the New Testament and it had been bound in red Moroccan leather with her name embossed in gold on the cover they went all out she took it and held it and and Checked. Some sources say she checked to make sure all the books of the New Testament were there because she knew wow. them. She'd been right. studying them. Okay. Yep. 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 They're there. And then she wrapped it in her handkerchief, held it to her chest, and simply said Mai Kai, which means "good." Wow. This beautiful Mai kai and then uh, Lucy Thirst. Uh, Lucy, I'm sorry. Laura Judd, one of the missionaries, was there, and she said, Kahumanu, are you ready to go? And Kahumanu said, if it is the will of God. But I had it in my heart to do something more. Oh, I can barely even say it without crying because she had told Kapiolani, I will do what I can. Right. I will do all the good I can before I die. And here she is, Uh eight years later. Yeah. Having done so I much, to do more. I had it in my heart to do something more. And don't you think, Charlotte, like that's, I want to go out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm exactly. <not> done. Right. <laughs> There's yes. more people that need to know. So that, that's right. that morning, that early, early morning, um, she left this earth. And before she died, uh, King Kamehameha III He was now 20 years old, and he went to her and he requested to know her dying thought. She spoke in a clear voice, enough for all those around her to hear, Oh, my friends, have great patience. Stand firm on the side of the good way. Mm. And then she repeated two lines from a Native Hawaiian hymn that was composed from Psalm 51, which in English is, Here am I, O Jesus. Oh, look this way in compassion. And then just before dawn, she departed. I can't help but think she left her island home, but she went to the real paradise. Absolutely, <laughs> And we get Absolutely. to meet her one day. Isn't that incredible? She went to the presence of
0: Jesus. Yes. To her, to the great aloha.
1: <laughs> yes. And there's so much that is... Um, it that, that encircles that time in history, and it's so clear that God used her in such a powerful way so that—one time I was speaking on Kahumanu, and a Hawaiian woman in the audience kept giving me stink-eye, as they call it, like, Yes. what? No, I don't think so. And afterwards, when sh- she and I spoke, I just realized how there's— Nothing flippant about telling these stories of these people that had such influence in Hawaii and and in all Mm -hmm. the other women we talk about. But that sense of coming to the story with that humble, I just want the story to be told. Right,
0: right. And Well, you know, Robin, we're actually, we're on holy ground when we do this. I mean, it's almost like shoes off. Because we know that God loved these women and used them in such extraordinary ways. And there was such an anointing from God on their lives. They couldn't have done what they did were it not from God. I mean, uh, Kahumanu could not have had that authority. And I mean, I'm just so astounded by the way she talked to that witch doctor <laughs> with, with such grace. Would, yeah. the, would the Kahumanu, before knowing Jesus, have ever had that type of patience with a person like that. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't either. And just the way that the Lord changed her, and that was such a witness to the people. I also love the protection for the people, too, of Hawaii because they were being terribly, terribly exploited. Um, I think it's the book Perpetuated in Righteousness that talks about how rampant the diseases were that these ships were bringing in, as well as the rats. The whole Rat problem happened because of these sailors who came to exploit the women, came to exploit the, the goods, the mm-hmm. sugarcane, the pineapples, you know, all these uh, fruits and the riches of the Hawaiian Islands. Yes. And they were upset because when uh, the, when Kahumanu said no, they're, they're losing their pleasure, their livelihood. Uh, part of their income is affected because of um, how they were living. But thank God that she protected the islands like she did and the people as she did. I wonder how many people who live in Hawaii
1: know what a great debt
0: they owe to Kahumanu.
1: Right. And there are those. I was on a tour bus and the woman who was driving someone else in the tour bus at the airport was, it was you know, to go get our rental car and not a mm-hmm. tour bus. But... um These other visitors were saying, oh, are you Hawaiian? And she's like, yes. And they said, well, what, you know, we heard blah, blah, blah. They had some, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, missionaries made all the women start wearing clothes or, Mm -hmm. you know, these things. And this bus driver who is saying she's Hawaiian is rattling off these stories that I'm saying, well, uh, no, like that's Mm -hmm. the urban legend from your Right. you have heard all your years, but that's not what really happened and that her one of the people she brought up was Kahumanu had mm-hmm. betrayed them by turning mm. the land over to the missionaries wow and wow. just she just the right. uh, she just ruined mm-hmm. everything this Hawaiian trader woman and mm-hmm. she even became a Christian and mm-hmm. so there are those who feel mm-hmm. not that they owe a great debt but that we we wish we could have just stayed a peaceful island with no influence but someone was going to come that's right someone Someone was was (laughs) going
0: to right it was like bob dylan's um song you're all going to serve somebody yes you know and either serve the exploiters or you serve the god who gives aloha yes so that was that is kahumanu and boy to know that and to be able to communicate that and say well let me just tell you a little bit and i've You know, I heard from a woman on a podcast, and she really researched it. She's even been at the museum. She's seen the letters. And, you know, she's spoken at a Hawaiian school. She knows. And isn't it wonderful? Because I found that even with some of the women I know, you know, Catherine Parr Mm -hmm. will come up in a conversation and be like, Catherine Parr, she's my friend, let me tell you. Or Catherine Bushnell and some of these other women. And so informing you, our listeners, about these women so you can tell the true story. I mean, that is empowering, and it is also enlightening to so many because the devil is always lying. He's a slander, Mm -hmm. and he wants to tell the bad story. But how great that we as women, as we listen to these podcasts, are learning the true stories.
1: And that's our hope for the next generation that those right. role models will carry on and and the stories need to be told. That's right. So this is Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn. I wish I had a Hawaiian name. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe one of my Hawaiian friends will give me a Hawaiian name, but I am so glad that you're joining us on these podcasts. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're
0: so thankful for you, our audience. And if you enjoyed that half as much as I did You're really happy. (laughs) I can't remember the word for thrilled.
1: That's
0: You're really (laughs) Elohiya. Okay, until next week, we're signing off. Goodbye.
1: Aloha nui loa.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and our new co-host, Robin Gunn. For more information about Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. For more information about Robin, visit robingunn.com. That's gun with two N's or follow her on Instagram and Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at WWK at We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Gunn.